Hey, it's great to be here. Um, you know, we are so excited. This is our very this is our second baptism service. So each time we learn a little bit more. We've kind of got the, the tub in a different place this time. And uh, I, I told someone backstage when we got done, you know, hey, write down some notes. This is great, all stuff we've learned. On those notes, write down that I can't wear the same jeans to teach in as I wore to baptize. I changed shirts, but I didn't change jeans. So... Um, <laughs> Please no pictures on Facebook of this guy, unless you put it in context of uh, what went on prior to the message this morning. So, yeah, this is great. So, um, I, I, I don't move around too much, but uh, just in case you see me moving in that general direction, feel free to wave your hands or something if I get carried away here as I'm talking. I, I've been baptized once. I don't need to get baptized again this morning. Um, you know... It's great having you all here. Uh, for some of you, this may be your very first time at Connect Church. This is kind of an unusual service. It's, uh, it's not normally like this. Uh, normally, we have two services, one at 9.30 and one at 11. Um, we'd love to have you come back again if you're visiting and you've enjoyed this morning. Come check us out again and uh, see what kind of a more regular service is. But this morning, with it being baptisms, we, we've changed things around a bit. And I, I still want to speak a little bit this morning, but it'll be a bit shorter than normal. And, and what I want to do this morning is um, just tell you two stories. Okay, so this morning I'm just going to tell you two stories. One's about a bridge and one's about a whale. Okay, so we're going to get two stories this morning. One's about a bridge and one is about a whale. Okay, so um, Case and I, we had a friend um, and she was deathly afraid of bridges. Like we would be driving with her across McCluggage Bridge and she would just tense up. You know, she'd want to be in the middle lane because she just had this fear of bridges. And maybe someone out there this morning is the same. You just get anxious, you know, when you're on a bridge. And uh, I'm not sure why, but um, I think this friend of ours, if we ever took her to Switzerland, she'd be really excited about this bridge that I found online this week. This is a footbridge up in the Swiss Alps and uh, it's just very recently been built. Um, it is a, a bridge that connects two. Um, Tops of mountains, whatever they're called, peaks, peaks uh, together. And uh, it's going to be a great picture when it comes up, that first uh, picture. That's, it's going to do a lot more justice, the image of, there it is. All right, cool. So that is the bridge. You can see some people walking across there. If we cut to the next picture, there's kind of an aerial image of that same bridge right there. So, yeah, I think my friend uh, wouldn't, be as ex wouldn't be as nervous crossing McCluggage if she'd ever made it across that bridge. But, um, but when I think of bridges, I think, you know, wh why bother? Why bother with bridges? They're so expensive. They're a huge endeavor to try and build them and, um, you know, time and, and then to keep them, you know, to upkeep. There's constant repairs and uh, taking care of them. It's just such a lot of work. Why bother with bridges like this? And, and you know, the answer is pretty obvious because we, we want to get from one place to another the easiest way possible. We want to get from one spot to another the easiest way possible. So we're willing to put into um, action whatever work, whatever energy, whatever expense is needed so we can get from this place to this place uh, in a more speedy and efficient way than we could before the bridge was there. Down in the south of France, the, the very highest road bridge in the world exists. It's called the Milo Bridge. We're going to pull a picture up here so you can see this. The Milo Bridge is a, an, an engineering um, achievement. It took three years to build. It cost $500 million. It's a mile and a half long. The roadway actually sits 890 feet above the river that it crosses, but the tallest pylon in the middle measures 1,125 feet. That means that this bridge is the tallest vehicle bridge in the world. It's actually just 30 feet shorter than the Empire State Building. So when you're driving across that bridge in the middle, you're only, from the top of that thing down, 30 feet shorter than the Empire State Building. 
Do you know, when I was reading about it, I discovered that when the bridge first opened, the speed limit was 81 miles per hour. That's Europe for you. It's fantastic. Um, it was 81 miles an hour, but they had to lower it to 68 miles an hour very soon after it opened because too many cars were slowing down and even stopping to take pictures because it's just such a magnificent view from this bridge. There's another couple of um, pictures here. If we can go to the next slides. Um, there's one of it that's kind of in the clouds and another one that kind of shows the angle there of this amazing bridge. And you have to ask yourself, I, again, as I look at this picture, I think of my friend who, who shudders as she crosses McLuggage Bridge. There's just no way she would drive 100 miles out of her way. There's someone here shaking their head. I think there are some other bridge haters here that would quite happily go the longest way possible instead of having to cross that bridge there. But I think those of us who have the courage to cross a bridge like that would say that the costs, the efforts involved, they will always be worth it because they outweigh that desire for us to be able to cross that chasm. Now, this particular bridge is no different than any others in the way it was constructed. Work started from both sides at the same time. Foundations were laid. Gradually, the bridge was built out from each side. And finally, it met in the middle. Now, this morning, you may wonder, why are you telling me about bridges? Well, this morning, over 20 people got baptized. 20 different people went into this baptism tank. They were friends of yours, neighbors, sons, daughters, sisters, brothers. And you may wonder why it was that they were going public like that with their love for Jesus. Well, the answer is it was in response to a bridge that has been built on their behalf. Because you see, for many different people, from many different religions, for, for many, many years, no matter what faith background they come from, there's always been this, this understanding, if someone has a, a belief in a God or a creator, that, that we are separated from that God. That there is a chasm between us and our creator. And many different um, faiths, many different religions have different ideas of what we can do to bridge that gap what we can do to bridge that chasm that's been uh, created between um, man and his maker. Most of them, I would even venture to say probably all of them, require the building to start on our side. Maybe we live a good life or we live the best life we possibly can. Maybe the, the key is to become more religious. Maybe it's to go through a set of different um, circumstances. Maybe it's to pray a certain number of times or volunteer or do good and uh, be kind to others. And hopefully, hopefully, by the end of our lives, we've done enough that we've built that bridge to reach the other side. But we'll never know for sure. So it's always that idea that we just hope that we've done enough. Well, what we believe here at Connect, what we believe the Bible teaches about Christianity is that it's true. There is a chasm between man and God. And that there needs to be a bridge if we're ever going to see that chasm crossed. The Bible actually has a word for this chasm. It's called sin. And a guy by the name of Paul in the New Testament, he wrote about this when he was talking to a group of people in Rome. He wrote a book called Romans. And in Romans 3.23, he said, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So the idea here is that this sin, this has created this chasm between us and God. And we could try really hard to build that bridge and work really hard at it. But we may never know if we've done enough. And this is where I believe the Bible teaches and what my friends here this morning who got baptized have understood is that 
our bridge looks different. You see, if you pick up a Bible and if you read it, you'll see that God was very aware of this chasm, but he took matters into his own hands. Biblical Christianity stands alone from all other religions in that God, knowing the chasm was far too big, decided to build a bridge from his side to us. He knew that we'd never be able to build that bridge in our own strength. We'd never be good enough. We'd never do enough good things. We'd never, because that sin, the wrong things we've done, it separated us from God. So he realized that the only way to bridge that gap was to build it from his side. And you may wonder how he did that. Well, Paul, he goes on to write about that later on in Romans. In Romans 5, 8, he says that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us, that Jesus came and he died on a cross in our place. And if you picture that cross, in my mind, I picture that as being like the bridge that spans that chasm. That God said, I love you so much and I know that you'll never be able to be good enough, so so I'm gonna sacrifice my son. I'm gonna build the bridge from my side to yours. I don't even believe that he said, listen, I'll build it halfway if you'll come and meet me in the middle. He said, no, I'm gonna build it all the way across and it's gonna be built on the shoulders of my son, Jesus. And that is the bridge that we have. Better than any of the bridges I showed you this morning. That's the bridge that these 20 people who got baptized this morning understand exists. They've, they've come to the realization maybe recently or maybe when they were younger, but this response today was because they knew that God had built this bridge from him to us. And they'd made the decision to cross that bridge, to step onto that bridge. You know, here's the other great news about God's bridge. The Milau Bridge that we saw in that picture there, they, they decided once it was built to put a toll booth at the end of the bridge. And for the next 75 years, they will collect tolls to help pay for that bridge. The best part about the bridge that God built for us, there is no toll, no catch, no hidden fees. It just requires us to abandon our construction project and accept the one that he built for us through Christ Jesus, his son. It's believing on this side, God, I know that you built this bridge for me. I'm gonna stop trying to build my own bridge and I'm gonna trust you and step out onto that bridge. Now, it just might be that this morning, you know that. Maybe you're here this morning and you've, you've come to understand that in your life and you're one of many here this morning who've made a decision to follow Jesus and you recognize that bridge exists and you recognize it's there for you and you've taken that step. You've made the decision to step onto that bridge that's built that chasm between man and God. And that's fantastic. But maybe you're here this morning and um, you either, this is the first time you've heard of it or you've heard about it but you're still not sure. You're still stood on this side and, and you're excited that your friend or your neighbor or your mom or your, your sibling, whoever it was, got baptized, but you're not sure if this bridge is for you. And you're kind of still thinking about it. And that's why I want to tell my second story this morning because my second story is about a whale. Okay, so we've, we've had the bridge story. Now we're going to hear the whale story. Now I know some of you out there, you're, you're kind of patting yourself on the back here because you're like, I know where he's going with this. It's Jonah, right? He's going to talk about Jonah. No, no, we're not talking about that whale. Okay, so I'm sorry if you were getting all excited because you knew what was coming. But no, this is a different whale we're going to be speaking about. And uh, let me introduce you to this whale. So um, I don't know if you're like me, but I find myself overwhelmed 
When I'm on my computer, there is just so much information coming at me. It could be the internet, it could be Facebook, it could be Twitter, whatever it is. But we're just bombarded every day, aren't we, with news stories and online surveys and polls. And did you know this? 10 ways you can do this, you know, and all this stuff. And it's just too much. And we're like, I can't click on everything. There's just too much here to see. But every now and again, a headline will catch my eye. Every now and again, I'll come across a headline, and, and instead of just scrolling right on by, I'm like, hey, that sounds interesting. I want to know more about that story. This happened to me just recently. There was a headline that caught my attention, and I wanted to tell you about it this morning. The headline was, Man Regrets Surfing Dead Whale. Man Regrets. I think I've got a slide we can uh, pull up here from the newspaper clipping. Um, right. Let's go back one if we can. Sorry, there we go. Uh, Harrison Williams regrets surfing dead whale and admits he's an idiot. I'm like, okay, this sounds like a story I'd like to read a little bit more of. So I did. And um, I, I, I feel that probably everyone in here is very aware of Harrison and his escapades. But just in case you're not, um, let me tell you the story. In fact, let me not tell you the story. This happened in Australia. Let me uh, have this Australian newsreader tell you the story instead. Check out this video. A man has risked his life by riding on the back of a dead humpback whale off the WA coast. He says it was a spur-of-the-moment decision to jump into the water, even though the carcass was surrounded by sharks in a feeding frenzy. For most of us, this is as close as we'd ever want to get to the rotting carcass of a whale. But not 26-year-old Harrison. It was the heat of the moment, but yeah. The Perth man risked his life to jump into the water and climb onto the whale while two large sharks were gorging themselves on its flesh. Hazza! Oi, the sharks there! Come back! Oi, Hazza, quickly! Out in the boat with the boys and one of my mates said it would be pretty funny if you surfed the whale, so just did it. <laughs> People saying um, you're a bloody idiot for doing it, do you think you are? Or? Yeah, definitely. Um, Mum thinks I'm an idiot, Dad's not too proud either. <laughs> Uh, if you're a parent this morning, does that feel you with pride? Yeah, mum thinks I'm an idiot, dad doesn't think I'm too clever. <laughs> that was my Australian accent, because I don't know if you caught, that was Australian, completely different to an English accent, as I'm sure you could tell. I've got a few thoughts uh, on that story I'd like to share with you before I dig into it a little bit more. Um, I love the way that story starts out. A man risked his life by... I'm like, that's a good story. I'd want to feature in a story like that. A man risked his life by running into a burning building to save a kitten, taking down a robber who was holding the bank employees hostage. But that's not really how that story panned out, is it? A man has risked his life by riding on the back of a dead humpback whale. It's a very different story, isn't it? It's kind of going a very different direction here. Now, the second thing, and I heard some giggling out there, so I think you're thinking the same thing as me. I've got to be honest, had I not seen that video... And you took me into a lineup with five complete strangers, and you said, Hey, one of these guys surfed on the back of a humpback whale, and that was one of them. I'd be like, It was that one, wasn't it? <laughs> I bet it was that one, wasn't it? I don't care what the other four look like. That's the guy I'm choosing every time as somebody who would surf the back of a dead humpback whale. So, um, wasn't too surprised when I saw the video. Uh, Mum thinks I'm an idiot. Dad thinks I'm a bit. Yeah, that's, that's great. So, right now, the parents of Harrison, or Hazza, as his great friends uh, were calling him on the video, they can seek comfort in knowing that around the world, everyone agrees with his mum in thinking that this guy is an idiot. 
Now, the reality is, though, and you're probably thinking, Dave, why on earth are we hearing this story? Let me tell you, okay? And, and I hope that when you go home, this will help you never forget the point I'm trying to make, the picture of Hazza uh, on that whale. The reality is that as silly as he is, there was one moment in that video where he actually did something right. Did you catch what it was? There was one moment in that video where he actually did something that made sense. It was when that boat came up next to him and he climbed on board. That was about the only smart move Hazza made all day long, okay, was climbing on board the boat that came to rescue him. Because let's be honest, this is a guy that's just jumped into shark-infested water to climb onto the back of a dead whale. So I wouldn't be surprised if the rescue boat came along and said, hey, buddy, we're here to save you. I'm all right. I'm going to hang out here for a bit, <laughs> enjoy the sunshine. Maybe it'll float to this, the shore by itself. I'll take my chances. Those sharks, I mean, people say they're, they're dangerous. They don't look too dangerous to me. I mean, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? So instead, he climbed out onto the boat. Here's why I wanted to share that idea with you this morning. And before you jump to conclusions, I'm not trying to say that, you know, we're, we're, we're like Hazard if we don't do this. But here's the thing. We've talked about this bridge that God created from, from him to us, that that bridge was started on his side, that he did all the work. But at some point, that bridge only works if we're going to step out onto it. That bridge will only um, change our lives if we're going to step out onto it. God has sent us a rescue boat. And that boat is only good if we're going to step out of the, the mess that some of us, we find our lives in and say, God, I want to step onto this. I believe that you sent Jesus. That's, that's what these people did this morning. They said, listen, the reason we're getting baptized is because we want everyone here this morning to know that we have stepped out of the boat. We recognized that, that God did this for us. We recognized that we could never uh, bridge that gap in our own strength. So when God sent that boat to rescue us, when God sent Jesus... We stepped out and we said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to change me from the inside out. And I want everyone here this morning to know the difference he's made. Because as I go down into this water, that's the old me. The life that was, I was trying to live on my own and, and it just wasn't going great. That's the old me going down. The new me is coming up. I'm going I'm to live as best as I can following Jesus. And I'm excited because I know I'm going to see these people change day by day as, as God starts to work more in their lives, as they get closer to him. But the reality is it's great to talk about the bridge. It's great to talk about the whale. But, but there was one more verse that Paul um, shared with those the Romans. And it's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He said, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What Paul's saying here is, listen. God has built the bridge. He's even sent the boat to rescue you. But there comes a point where you have to make a decision. You have to openly declare that Jesus is your Lord. You, you have to say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. You have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. And here's what I want to do just to close out this morning. I've asked the band to come back up and they're going to lead us in one more song. And, and you can stay seated. You can listen to the words of this song. But on your seats as you came in this morning, there are connection cards, and we use those each week. If you're visiting, feel free to fill that in. We'd love to know more about you, and there's a, an opportunity for prayer requests. We have a team of people who will pray with you, and uh, if there's anything you'd like us to pray about. But there's also a little spot on the back of that card, and um, there's a, a box you can check, and it's just saying, I've, 
I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I, I understand about the bridge. I understand about, but I want to step out. I want to make that decision. And maybe you're here this morning, and it's just, not just me talking about it that's got you thinking about this. The, the reason you're here is because there is a friend or a loved one or a family member, and you've seen changes in their life. You've seen that things have happened to them, that, that God is at work in their life. And you don't fully understand it, but you know that there's something different. And here's the great thing. Some of us think, well, I've got to figure it out. I've got to work it all out. No, that's us building the bridge. God's saying it's a step of faith. It's stepping out of the, the trouble that you're in and onto that rescue boat that I've brought right there for you and asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And from there, you grow. I loved Scott was one of the guys on the video, and I loved what he said because when, when we were there doing the video, he said, you know, I, I, I believe this. And, and at the end, he said, and I just believe that I'm now beginning my journey. And that's so true. Although he got baptized today, his journey has just begun as he'll grow more and more like Jesus, get to know Jesus more in his life. But he saw the bridge and he stepped out onto the bridge. So as the bands are um, singing this song, if you want to fill out that card, that'd be great. But if you're here this morning and you're thinking, I want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, check that box. One of us will contact you during the week and pray with you, answer any questions you've got. But if you're here this morning, check the box on that card. You can put it in the basket on the way out. I'll come out and close here in a second, but I've asked them just to sing here while, um, while you think about that. God, I just pray right now for everyone here. If there's anyone here, Lord, who's been moved by the transformation they've seen in their friend or family member's life, maybe something that I've said this morning has caused them to realize that they've tr been trying to build that bridge themselves in their own strength. Maybe they've been riding on the back of that whale thinking, I think I'll be okay. I think I'll be, whereas the boat is right there to rescue them. Whatever it may be, maybe there's someone here this morning, Jesus, who is just ready to say, Jesus, I need your help. I want to step out onto the boat. I want to step out across this bridge. Give them the courage to check that box this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.